just check your voice, how you want to talk in the interview. Okay. I will say this is my first time doing this, and I got a little nervous when I started looking at that screen when I was talking. <laughs> yes, even my fucking stupid laugh is barely getting into the yellow. So. It's really hard. I get excited. Nick, Nick, go to the other side of the room. Do you, do you mind? <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> Back here, you should leave. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay, so here we are. It is what is it? It's um, Monday the twenty third. Speaking out of fucking turn. Well, I, I, I know that you're you're struggling. I know that because I'm getting on a plane this afternoon. Right. We start now. Yeah, we're yeah. Let's All right. go. All right, it's the mediocre forecast. It's Monday, January twenty third. Apparently, <laughs> me and Nick are here in the. Uh, what do we call it? The Foilcast Studios? Foilcast Studios, yeah. <laughs> Keep it classy up in here. We're in a shop here in North Charleston, and we have our next interview, which is my brother, Drew Burchette. Say hi, Drew. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a sound check, and we got the giggles. Um, so, yeah, Drew's in town visiting. He's actually flying out today, so we grabbed him, and we're going to do this interview. Um and hopefully it's not too fucking boring. Hopefully. I think it'll be good. I think it's going to be a good interview. It should be good. I'm excited. It should be good. I've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Drew's my brother, and I was thinking this morning, he's probably one of only, like, a couple people on the planet that I can say I've known for 46 years. Yeah. It's crazy to think. It is crazy to think. Um, he's in town from Portland, and... It's hard to introduce your brother. Here, let me do you this. You want to do it? I mean, okay, I'm, I'm not, not, not going to do an, an intro, maybe. Maybe I'll just start by asking some questions. Because you, you already go. know the answers to all the questions. So Good point. It'll, it'll help with somebody. All you right. know, somebody doesn't know anything. Answer some questions. So, Drew, where are you from? Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. I've lived there since 1999, but I'm originally from Frederick, Maryland. Nice. Frederick, Maryland. Wow. Um, Matt and I moved to, we moved to Oregon in, in 99 together. So, he had just... You had just graduated school. Pretty much. And I had been out for two years in the working world. Yeah. There was a series of like weird events that caused me, like Matt was already, he was already going. Yeah. And it was a series of weird events that caused me to tag along. Yeah, but then you stayed. Yeah, I stayed. you stayed, never left. I never left. Nice. Yeah, I never left. Like in moving from the, from the East Coast to the West Coast, and this is in 99, there, like the internet was not what it is today, of course. It wasn't even what it was in 15 years ago. There was nothing. Yeah. So I'd never been to Portland. Yeah. I'd never been to Oregon. I've been to California a couple times. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea what I was in for. But what I knew was my life on the East Coast sucked ass. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Got to get out. Got to get out. I was 25, maybe 26. So, so, so what did you do out there when you moved out there? To like, Oregon? Like, yeah. So... Um, on the East Coast, I'd been working as a geotech engineer technician, which means I was on construction sites doing concrete and soil testing and rebar inspections and shit like that. It was a miserable job. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about communication, but like the work was horrible. It's like you're on the job site and no one wants you there. Yeah. But you got to be there because you're the inspector. And then, um, so when I moved to Oregon, I decided I wanted to be a surveyor because the surveyors were always cool on the job sites. And they seem to like their job. And Matt and I both got the same degree from the same college, which actually involves some training in that type of stuff. So when I moved there, I was like, I'll be a surveyor. Yeah. What, what degree was that? Uh, environmental analysis and planning, which I thought was like, like 
you know, hippie shit, like you saved the world. Yeah. And when I got out of school, I realized everything I learned was for construction yep. and development. Like, it's like civil know, engineering. Civil engineering. It's like soft civil engineering. You know. Yes. So how to pave it over. Yeah, exactly. How to like pack it down hard and pave it over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I did surveying for, um, I did it for almost 10 years. I really loved it for a long period of time. But also too, it's like getting into my 30s and standing in the rain and, you know, working outside all the time. I was like, ugh, it's got to be too much. Yeah, so, so you do something different now, though. Yeah, I'm a real estate broker now. Oh, nice. And I've been at that for like 16 years. Nice. And I had to overlap transfer a period of time. But, you know, it's a great career. It's a really hard job. Um, but it affords me the ability to be here on a Monday. You know. The 23rd. The 23rd. Chasing leaves. Yeah. You still have your uh, surveying I license. Do. Though, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was so close to Because like getting the survey license, like getting a PE, like engineer, professional engineer. Of course, not as prestigious, whatever, but it's it's pretty hard in terms of the education and the experience. Like the application put together is pretty expansive. So I was so close to getting my PLS when I got out of the business. I was like, I'm just going to get it. So I had to take the test several times. Oh, I got it. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty common. It doesn't matter yeah. how you get it. It's, yeah. pretty it's pretty common. Yeah, it's like you do the state. There's like a federal and a state. And I did the, you do them in the same weekend or something. I passed the federal the first time. I was like two points off of the state, and I had to go back and take the state two more times before I passed it. But then I got to a point; it's just a matter of principle. I'm like, I'm fucking passing this thing. Yeah. You're doing this thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's also one of those things. Once you get it, you kind of you got to keep it. Once you get it, you got yeah, it. You got to keep it. And they're like, well, you can put it into deference or whatever, and then you can always reactivate. I was like, fuck that. I was like, this was so hard to get. Like, I, I keep it. I have an active PLS license, and I've never stamped a map. Wow. In fact, in my line of business, it's actually a liability. Because like if you were a real estate broker and you said someone said, Where's the property line? You'd be like, Oh, I think it's right about here. And like if they ever came back to you, they'd be like, Well, just a real estate. What do <laughs> I'm I know? What do I know? Yeah. If someone says to me, Where's the property line? And I say it's right here, that's a judgment by a professional land surveyor yeah. of a property line. So I can be held liable for that, even if I didn't put it in writing. Yeah, so what do you what do you say when people ask? I say, Oh, that's over there somewhere. Yeah. Like, is it at the fence? I'm like, yeah, people build fences. I say, people build fences. And I leave it at that. Yeah. It looks nice out here today, huh? It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just changed the subject. That's awesome. That I If it's somebody that's a good client, I'll send them an email that says, um, they'll be like, something about the property line. I'll be like, okay, um, I am a professional land surveyor. And if I give you a judgment on blah, 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 it becomes official. I was like, I need you to acknowledge that what I'm giving you is not a judgment of a land boundary. It's just me giving you some friendly advice. And I'll, I mean, I have a whole thing I'll type out. And be like, Acknowledge this email, then I'll give you my two cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy and paste. Yeah. Copy and paste. Yeah, yeah. sign and triple cut. Yeah, exactly. You got to cover your ass, man. You got to cover your ass. Yeah. Liability. Yeah. Nice. So, sounds like you got some like good, good flexibility in your life now. Yeah. Um, got got the freedom to go surf and travel and do what you want. It's right. Good. It's nice. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, family wise, what, what what what's your family life like? So, I'm I've been married for 17 years uh, to a wonderful woman who is a partner in my surfing and foiling journey. In that, she lets me do what the fuck I want. You know, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like whenever, like I was telling this to you the other day, <laughs> like 
whenever someone asks, like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, how do you do it? I'm like, well, first, what do you do for work? Like, if you're, yeah. if you're nine to five, or like, it's going to be a rough road. Yeah. And I'm like, how cool is your wife? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if she's a bit of a bitch, like, it ain't happening. Absolutely. It ain't happening. Man. So my wife's a great partner in lots of ways, but in, in my selfish surfing pursuit, she's very supportive in everything I do. And, uh, and I've also have two boys, um, 14 or 14 and almost 12. And they, nice. uh, they, they'll surf a little bit when coerced it involves a lot of pushing in the waves and lots of bitching and moaning, but they'll do it. But they're both really good snowboarders. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just now like getting my six year old daughter to like do some like outdoor sports. Yeah. Right yeah. Like, like she, like she and I are doing a bike a lot. It's like the most fun thing in the world for me. Yeah. He's like, I've been waiting six years for her to be able to do stuff. Right. Now she can do stuff. It's great. It's so gratifying. And like, it's cool. We go to the mountain a lot. We have season passes at Timberline um, on Mount Hood, which is like, it's pretty, it's pretty mediocre as like snowboarding goes, but it's better than anything but on the East Coast. It's close. And you don't have to travel to it, right? It's yeah. like. It's an hour and a half. That's not bad. Semi gnarly drive, but you get there and you're there. And um, you know, we, we go pretty regularly. And it's they, what I was saying is so gratifying is like on a good snow day, it's like I'll let them go first, my yeah. wife and my kids, and I'll just watch from behind. Like this is fucking rad. Yeah. Like the journey it takes, in so many ways to get there, because it's not just like well you got to get good at being in the cold, you got to have the right truck, mm -hmm. you got to have the right equipment, which means you got to have the right job to be able to buy the passes and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it takes so much to get there, and then you're there. You're like okay. We're all here with all of our shit and we're doing it. Yeah. And it's like making four fresh tracks on fresh snow is amazing. Oh yeah. That's special. Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. The 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 thing that I'm most excited about with my daughter, Katie B. Um, her name's Katie B. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Her name's Catherine. Uh -huh. Her middle name's Burke. We call her Katie B. There's a lot of Katie's in this world. So I don't want, so I don't want Katie B. She's a handful. She yeah. is a little bit of a monster, but one thing that I'm super excited about, and you know, you know, with with her right now, six years old, riding the bike, is just like like I don't like mountain biking. You know, biking off road is fun. Yeah. You know, like, but I, I'm more excited about like teaching her mentality. Yeah. Teaching her like a growth mentality. Right. You know, like 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 learning how to take instruction. Right. Learning how to push yourself just a little bit. Right. Right. Learning learn, learning how to work at it. Yeah. Learning how to fail. Learning how to fail. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's super exciting, super super fun, and I don't know, you know, it's an investment in, in future fun activities. It is an investment. Also, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, but like it is. That's a good way to put it. It's it's an investment in future fun, for like doing the shit you really want to do. Yeah. You know, like my kids are a year or two away from being able to go to Baja with me for like a week, where I can be like, all right, it's too big for you this morning. Dad's gonna go out and surf. I'll be back. I'll make a fat breakfast. You can like play on the beach a little bit, stay where I can see you, and then maybe we can go boogie boarding tomorrow. Oh yeah. And then you know, I saw a dad at, when we were at Scorpion Bay in uh, May of 2021. There was a dad out there with his two kids for hours, and he just had a wetsuit and fins on, and he was just out there with them, policing them, like pushing them into waves and stuff. And it was really small and tame. Yeah. But I was like, wow, I never thought to do that. Oh uh, yeah, that place you could do that. I've seen little kids like just post up there. It's really user friendly compared yeah. to most places. Yeah. Like, other places. Yeah. yeah. Like the place we usually go is not user friendly like yeah. that. 
Yeah. At all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. I might do it with uh, KDB this summer. You know, get get out there with fins, push her around some, because she's like a thousand times better at swimming in the water now, because they do swimming every week at school, yeah. which is phenomenal. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's just getting in the past, past the phase where you're not afraid they're going to drown. You know. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of there. Obviously. And we're 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 past that phase, except in Oregon, it's it can be gnarly where. Yeah, it's it's heavy out there. It's, it's, heavy. it's always heavy. It's heavy. Well, and not always. Not always, but it's not like here. Yeah. It is way different than here. Yeah. Yeah. So like for foiling, the issue, like you guys have the issue of it like being too flat. Is yeah. That probably the biggest issue is that. Not enough waves. Not yeah. enough waves. Not, not enough waves. And yeah. we have the opposite problem. My problem is it's too big. Yeah. yeah. And not even too big. Even when it's small, sometimes it's like there's just too much interval behind it. There's too much power yeah. where you're just like, you drop it on a wave and you're just like this the whole time. Just Whoa! Like you can't, you can't get out far in front of it enough to slow yeah. the fuck down, to be able to like turn. I mean, I've, I, so that's the other thing I really want to talk to you about is traveling and foiling. Cause I don't travel all foiling. Yeah. I don't travel anywhere. I just stay right here and true? maybe, I maybe go to Jacksonville. But you don't fly. Maine, you're in Maine. I, I went to Maine, but like, I'm not up there to foil. I'm there to like do family shit. And I also did some foiling. Like <laughs> it, 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 it was good. It worked you out. fly or drive? Dry, that's right. Um, which is is nice. I don't mind it, but uh, I hate flying. Yeah, but like anytime I foil any waves that aren't here, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard and weird and different. And like what you're saying about like interval and like the deep water energy. Yeah, like that. That's a that's a bitch. Like when I go yeah. foil main and main's like a little bit of deep water energy. Right. Yeah, it's like. It's hard. Yeah. And like I go to kick out in the back and I'm like, why isn't this working? Right. Well, no, it's like the the interval, like the um I was thinking about this the other day. So I mean this isn't like unknown science, but like, you know, three feet at eight seconds in Oregon. That's my ideal swell in Oregon. It's three yeah. feet at eight seconds. For foil. For foil. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's just pretty ideal here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even up to like ten seconds is doable. But, you know, the difference between three feet at eight seconds and, like, three feet at 20 seconds is, like, it's so wild. Yeah, That's more just, like, ocean science. It's just so wild to think about. Like, three feet at 20 seconds, that's fucking pumping. Yeah, that's, like, borderline tsunami. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. That's like double overhead scaring the fuck out of you. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. Yeah. It's brutal to even think about. Like, I don't know, here, like, 14 seconds is enormous. Yeah. I can't imagine more than 14. Well, we don't get, well, we, we don't get. Hawaii, you know, where it's like, it must be like there. Yeah. That's gotta be. But you, Drew, you foiled him out. I, I did, yeah. What's that like? It's fucking amazing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Why? What, like, um, like, what's great about the wave? Well, so, I foiled at Ka'a Point, which is right near the airport on the North Shore of Hawaii, North Shore of Maui. And it's the kite beach too. Oh, it's yeah. like you see all those legendary videos of like Robbie Nash and shit. That's all right there. Oh wow! And it's like there's two kind of little coves. Um, so, <clears throat> but like yeah, it's basically the kite beach. So everyone that's there, they post up for the whole day. They get there like the trade winds blow during the winter. They blow constantly. So, um, you can't. It's it's got to be pretty calm to be able to actually foil there. At least that's what they thought. Like when I got there, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. And it's like perfect side shore. So you can kind of yeah. just run down the line if you needed to. 
Um, so they'll post up and like foil in the like prone or SUP foil in the morning, and then come have lunch and then wing in the afternoon. Jeez. Just another side note, like it's pretty cool. They I've never seen it since. They all have these like, little um, PVC like uh, sawhorses for their foils. These little short ones, right? Little short ones. They got these little legs about that big, and then like a PVC thing, and they that's where they set their foils on upside down. So that it doesn't touch the ground. So they can like tinker with their shit and they all have them. But it's just a couple inches off the ground, right? It's just like, it's like four to six inches off the ground. Fascinating. I was like, I was like if I lived here, I'd totally have that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the guys like in La Ventana have, well, they, they, some of those guys have full on garages for their kites. Or they just keep the. Yeah, they have like the cheap. Like those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a little shitty house you would put in your driveway to park your car under. Yeah. You know? They'll have that and they'll like keep their kites under there. Yeah. Well, I used to, I used to, I used to know a windsurfer who had a bread van and he'd leave his sales rig. Oh, wow. And just like stick them in the bread van. Yeah. Yeah, was, a, a bread cool. van. Oh, yeah. A bread truck. Surprised it wasn't a tractor trailer. Fucking shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's like. Christ. If you're gonna like be a windsurfer, like, well, I better ride a van. Still <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of crap pot on the roof. Yeah. Um, so yeah, surfing there, foiling there's amazing. Yeah. So it's like uh, the the reef is way out. It's like a quarter. They say it's a half mile, but it's more like a quarter mile, in my opinion. And people paddle that. You paddle it without any current to help you. No current to help you. Oh my god! Yeah. It sounds like hell. It's. It's kind of, in the, but on the inside, there is a like a little chip in takeoff spot if okay. you wanted to. Cause like I only went there a couple days, but one day I was like, the outside it was like, oh, it might be too windy, but the inside was pretty clean or not too windy. So there was like a little inside wave that I was able to catch. Huh. But um, my pumping game was still not great, but I, I couldn't have gotten all the way out. Yeah. So you paddle all the way out and then the reef, it's like, you know, a mix of all the, all the reefs there, a mix of like rock and coral and stuff. Mm. Um, so the reef is, let's say, from the uh, parallel to the beach, you're at like a quarter mile, and then the reef is maybe 50 to 100 yards wide or yeah. long. Okay. From the, um, so it's like the waves break anywhere from the horizon to the outer part of the reef to the inner part of the reef. Okay. So, so when I was there, I never made it out to the break because it was like breaking pretty far out. And um, so you would just sit somewhere in there and just catch either a reform or even a, like whitewater. Okay. And then, um, but there's like enough of a ramp on the whitewater that it's not weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Because sometimes you catch whitewater, it's like flat. And you're like, what the fuck do I do? You can't stand. It's like, you, exactly, can't, yeah. you can't climb up under your board. It hits you. And then like, what another happens? Yeah, you can't climb up. So it's like enough of a ramp that you get a little bit of, a, of speed so you can stand up easily. And then you have this freaking ginormous playing field yeah. where the swell is still coming through the flat water and there's also like little crumbly peaks that are down the line so it's like you could you could go straight and you could try to like catch swell all the way back to the beach yeah or you can go right and try to like catch little capping waves or you can turn around and try to pump back out and try to get into where all the breaking waves are but the waves that are all breaking, they're all like soft and easy enough. You could catch any of them. That's pretty nice. It's That's pretty good. nice. It's like this giant, like the playground there is enormous. So, so are like, are crowds an issue at all? Like how no. many people could that break hold? 
Dozens. Okay. Dozens. Yeah. I nice. mean, when I was there, That's there was good. probably 25 to 30 people, all on foils, spread out over this area. Wow. Holy smokes. Can you imagine? And... Please tell me that foils in the state. Yes. No. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit. So maybe 30 between people that are paddling in, paddling out, and actively on the break. And half of them are on subs, and half of them are on prones. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, imagine, I imagine this stuff has a lot of value there, just just to get that distance. To get the distance, and two, they can go on days that are way smaller. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, but those guys, those guys are good on the subs. There, they're fucking good. I bet. Yeah, I bet. and they're they're all on those Kalama boards, like all these different shapes and stuff. So the one thing I will say about crowd is, you know, the kind of the rules of engagement are completely clear, like. So there's like a wave coming um, and there's somebody that's like from here to the camper. So like 30 feet away, that's already on it. Yeah. If it was you, I would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If it was a stranger, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't think I should go. I'll yeah. give them a little bit of space. Yeah. But like if I lived there and I knew at least some of the people, I probably would go. Because there's plenty of, there's enough room. Like if someone went on me, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. I'll just turn and yeah, go the other way. Right. There's so yeah. much room. So I wasn't there long enough to figure out that part of it. I can see how maybe a little bit of saturation could be a problem. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because, like, with us, if you're the guy pumping around and about to basically take off on a set wave up back up with your buddies, your perspective of the world and their perspective is so different. Yeah, you know, if you're pumping, you're like, oh boy, is this great? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're sitting in the water, you're like, fucking Nick takes this wave. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's like. It's almost like once you start pumping, I think I think you should be a second class citizen. Yeah. Like anyone should be able to drop it on you. Yeah. It should be your responsibility. Unless you see it from your end as being like dangerous. Right. Maybe yeah. you can call them off or something. Right. Like I think if you've already caught a wave, you pump back up, like people can pretend you're not there basically. Yeah. yeah. Just go. Yeah. I mean I mean, side note, trigger warning everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to talk about foiling around surfers. So claims you tune out now. So um, I really, I really feel that way though. Like, like when I'm foiling around surfers, like as the pumper, You're like, like, I, be doing I, I'm, I'm always like, I'm always giving waves, yeah. but like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going. I'm just being very vocal. About what they can do. Well, yeah, because they're just like, <laughs> they're just like, 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 they'll be down the line, like, looking at me and thinking about paddling for it. I'm like, go, go, go. I will be around you. Yeah. Before, so, before you are in your, on your feet, I'll be like 100 yards away. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. So, go, the go, go. spoilers in the water know that. But if, so if a surfer thinks they're going to be on the same part of the wave as you, they just don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. not the way yeah. they're looking for. Yeah. yeah. But, but it is my responsibility to be like, calm and polite and vocal about it while I'm awake. Like, no, 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 you go. I'm, I'm pumping here. I'm yeah. fine. Don't worry about me. Go. And like, give, give, give some encouragement. Like, you got this. Go. Yeah. <laughs> pumping around. <laughs> Bye. blur that passes you. Right. I think it's the reality. It's like if you're surfing in waves that people are foiling around here or in Oregon too, you're probably not like. Someone's in the wrong spot. Someone's in the wrong spot. Yeah. And it's probably you. It's probably not me. No, yeah, it's pretty rare for us now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to avoid here, except yeah. like at the county park. But, but like that one day last year, we had no business foiling out there. I mean, I yeah. did it that day. 
I guess we know we flew away in the inlet in the morning. We did, yeah. I figured out a, like a, a test to know if maybe it's a good day to be flying or not. And this is more in Oregon when it's too big. So my philosophy has always been when you're surfing, like shortboard surfing, if you paddle out and your hair's still dry, it's probably not going to be a good session. Unless you're on like a wicked point break where that's possible. But if you're surfing a beach break and you can get out without yeah. duck diving, like it's going to be too small and mushy. Yeah. And what I learned this summer is the inverse is true too. If you're paddling out and you have to duck dive five times with a foil, it's too big. Yeah. It's there's too much going on. If you're duck diving that, you should be able to make it out with almost dry hair every time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yes, that's true most of the time here. There's days at the at the spot where the the powwow's brutal. All the current, you just take them on the head, take them on the head, but then it's epic. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know, it's, like, that, like, I don't know, like, shitty, awful, like, short period, like, shallow water energy we have, it can be annoying to paddle out, and then it's still Dallas when you're out there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I, think, That's the thing here, but I don't know, you've, you've got a whole different... Well, my, I think there. my rule doesn't apply here. Yeah. It doesn't apply here. Because there's days where, you know, I want it to be small enough really bad, I'm like, alright, I'm here, I'm going to do it. And then as I'm walking up the beach and I see it pounding, like the initial short pound, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, too, it's too much. Yeah. Okay. What, what am I doing? Yeah. Well, and it's rocky there, right? No, I mean, it's, there are rocky spots, but it's mostly beach break. Okay. Yeah. But, but like heavy beach break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can kind of find, you can, there's all kinds of different flavors. Okay. Yeah. But it's like the coastline is the polar opposite of here. You know, yeah, here like, just like miles of straight, miles of straight flat. Yeah, yeah. And there, it's like you're going over mountains and you know walking through beautiful, like um, old growth forests to get to the beach. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Like the the, the scenery is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty vision. That's one thing I did like about foiling in Maine is like I feel like oh, they're foiling and there's like a point with like trees on it beside me. Right. Like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then like the fog rolls in, I'm like all alone out here. It's so <laughs> quiet. You not see anything. What was that? It was a seal. You <laughs> seal, get away from me. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, I remember when I was younger, like surfing in Oregon by myself, I would like be out there laughing. I'm like, holy shit, it's so sharky out here. <laughs> now I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be spooky. Sweet. So now what are we talking about? Oh, Jesus. There's so much. We're talking so about much. equipment. Well, yeah. I can I can talk to you a little bit about um, the journey of how I got here. And part of that's equipment. So, I mean, I, th I think it, it the journey kind of started with kiteboarding, really. Yeah. Because it, like, gets you out of that mindset of, like, it can only be this way. As, well, a, as just a surfer. As just a surfer. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't know. I don't think I don't think this can be said enough. Like I think I think kiting makes a difference learning to foil because like nobody learned how to be a ripping kiter when they were nine years old. Right. 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 Every everybody who's a kiter sucked at something as an adult. Yeah. And that that's an important thing. Learning it is how to an foil. important thing. Like if you haven't sucked at anything since you were nine years old, like yeah. you're, you've been a ripping surfer forever. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a hard hard journey for you. But I think it's a it's a like as a you know, I don't know. There was a time where I've never been like a high level surfer, 
but there's a time when you get to like a um a place where like the run of the mill waves just don't work anymore you know it's got to be pretty good yeah to be to to enjoy it you know and like finding those good good reeling going off waves is just hard and harder and harder harder and harder yeah. as you get better and better and also as the crowd grows and grows and I, don't know, I found for me like surfing like i had i had to have so many like crappy maintenance sessions to maintain a skill level and a level of fitness that would allow me to surf the very rare good days yeah i mean i i, I like like nine out of ten sessions were just maintenance like it was just like me like getting some reps in like paddling yeah. around burn some calories yeah. being in the water that well, sucks but like you know <laughs> well you know matt and i grew up surfing astig island and ocean city as you know kids and teenagers so if you do that you do that for a period of time you're like okay now i'm a surfer yeah. And then you go to California for the first time, and you're like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Because like the first time you catch an actual groundswell wave, like why is this thing going so fast? Yeah. Like this is crazy. Yeah. And you realize you know nothing. Yeah. And then, you know, then you know, learning to surf, like, learning to like, add to your skills in Oregon. You know, it's a heavy place to learn. I always thought that people that like, if you learned like South Beach where you used to live, yeah. if you're if you learn at South Beach and you become a good surfer at South Beach, you can go to a lot of places in the world. Oh yeah. Because it's like, oh, this is not that heavy. Like at least the water's warm. You yeah, yeah. And you go to other places and like you can really grow. But coming from the East Coast, going somewhere else, it's like fuck, it's hard. So like, you know, becoming a proficient surfer in Oregon, it's like it's almost like a whole other sport. Yeah. And then you take that and travel with it to like Mexico and places like that, and um, you get to like a plateau where you're like, okay, it's got to be pretty good. Yeah. For me to enjoy myself. Yeah. And it's just not that good that often. Yeah. Nowhere is that good that often. Yeah. Well, yeah. Very few places. Well, yeah. very few places, but those places. No place where you can be, live and hold down a job. That, and also those places tend to be pretty freaking crowded. You'd be like, well, that would have been a good day if it wasn't for that fucking one guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the 20 other guys. The 20 other guys that are actually really good too. Or the guys that kind of sucked but just got in the way and blew a lot of waves, except for the one I burned them on. They didn't blow that one. Yeah. Yeah. So kiting is kiting is the solution to that. Kiting is the solution to that. Yeah. yeah. And I remember very specifically the the time because I I live like in the kiting epicenter of the West Coast, but I never really thought that hard about kiting until I was on a Baja trip, you know, for weeks and weeks of mediocre, crappy surf, and these guys from La Ventana show up one afternoon and pump up their kites and just rip apart. And this is in '05 or '06. Oh six, rip apart these crappy, unsurfable waves for hours, yeah. and I'm just sitting on the dune like an asshole watching. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not coming back here until I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, uh, and then that summer, I dedicated myself to, to kiting, and it was all flat water because, like, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to learn to cruise. I just want to learn to to do it in flat water, and that'd be really fun. I'm not going to jump or anything. And I was like. And my wife's like, why are you jumping? I'm like, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, and then, but that's sort of like, you know, Matt and I would talk shit to each other about it, you know, surfing in Baja. I'd be like, well, like we can have such more dynamic quiver. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. If it's nuked out, that's fucking awesome. Where like all the other guys are sitting on the beach, you know, with their hood up, like, 
Fuck, man, this sucks. Getting grumpy. It's so windy. Out. I'm getting sand in my face. Yeah. I don't like it. And then you'd be out in the water the next day, and like some random Canadian would be like, "Was that one of you guys out there yesterday?" I was like, "Yep." Yep. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. And then they're curious. Like, how do you start? Where do you get that stuff? <laughs> right. You just do it. It's it's, it's so easy. I don't know. I'm, I, I've got a feeling I'm going to find myself back in kiting in a couple years. Um, once once the six-year-old decides that she wants to start kiting. You know, I don't think I'll ever quit kite surfing in the waves. Yeah. It's just a, it's so fun. And like where I live, again, it's like the problem we have is yeah. the waves get too big. Yeah. You know, and it's... It's scary because you'll have like, like Manzanita is a really good kite spot. It's like slightly onshore and um, there's a giant headland. So when it's like, whenever it's like side shore, that's when it's super sketch. Yeah. Cause it'll be like 30 knots and then down to like nothing. Yeah. You're like, it's super sketch. Anyway, but it's, it's a little bit onshore so you can point sail really easy. Yeah. So you can stay up wind. But like my rule is I won't kite surf waves that I wouldn't surf. In terms of size. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it gets fucking giant. Yeah, and, yeah. But you, and you can get out. You can yeah. get out past the breakers. Yeah. And you can surf like, you know, eight feet at 15 seconds. I mean, kite, kite surfing is pretty great for the ability to surf just the gnarliest conditions. The gnarliest conditions. But I think that a lot of kiters, at least in Oregon, they don't surf. It's like, dude, it looks so fun. I'm like, dude, it is fucking death on a stick out there. Like, you better yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is troublesome. How big it is. Well, you need to be strapped too. It's like, a, yes. Unless yeah. you're like super, super high level strapless. Yeah. Anything overhead high. Yeah. Beach break, like you should probably have, have yeah. straps on. So you can really climb yeah. up white water and shit. Yeah. Air over shit. Air over yes. shit. Yeah. And you got to be lit too. Yeah. But there's so many good opportunities in Oregon to surf like really good, fun waves. Yeah. You can do downwinders, you can do point sailing. There's just endless opportunities. So I don't think I'll, I'll, I've never quit doing that. Um, but there's a, still a flat water spot that I go to. It's Selby Island. It's near Portland. It's just the Columbia River. Yeah. It's pretty mediocre. But for foiling, like for foil kiting, it's kind of world class. Because it's like the winds, it's like perfect nine meter wind. Oh, really? For foil surfing or yeah. foil kiting. Okay. So all the, all the like twin tippers are on 12s and then all the foilers are on yeah. nines. Except every year there's less twin tippers. But it's just boring. Mm. Just kind of mowing the lawn. Yeah, I mean, I did that kite foil thing for a while, and like, I I felt like I got to a point where I got it really dialed and had like really good flow, and I like was not willing to step out of that like flow. Yeah. To like learn anything new, and then it got really boring. Yeah. Because like I, I both, like I had I had that nice flow, so I had like an aversion to hooking up. Yeah. And then got bored because I wasn't pushing myself at all. Yeah. So. I haven't fallen in like three years. Yeah. Because I don't push myself. But it's, yeah. to me, it's like, it's it's a social thing. I have a bunch of friends out there. But it's like a yoga class, too. Yeah. You know, it's like I look at it like this is my yoga class. You know, I'll go out like maybe once a week during the summer just for something to do. I'll go out with my family. And it's cool. Yeah. The, the social aspect for me is like, I don't know, it's super important. Um... I mean, like, I don't like, 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 I don't know, that, a kite crew that, like, I kited with for, like, years here. Like, I, I don't kite anymore, but, 
I'm still part of that crew. Yeah. And I'm still like, I don't know, when it's blown 30 and I don't have a kite and it's too like gnarly for me to wing day. Like I still show up to the spot. I still show up you to the lost, spot. Like, like I'll like throw kites in the air. I like chat <laughs> people on the beach. I'll still just like show up and, and like, just like shoot the shit. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, then he'll paddle out the inlet. That one day, Adam and I, it was out there. We were like lit on nine meter kites, and Nick's out there proning in the inlet. I was like, oh, grab her, say hi. I was like, this is the gnarliest sea state I've ever kited in. It was. Fucking hard. <laughs> and Adam followed me, just dicking around. I was like, I was having fun that day. Well, yeah, it looked great if you didn't have a kite strap to your waist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so then I, um, I started. I saw that Kyle Lenny video of him riding that yellow board and like catching three waves in a row. I was like, oh, I want to do that. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that, that was like the original video. Yeah. And I remember telling Matt, I was like, Matt, we got to do that. Yeah, and Matt, we and Matt was like, start. we don't have to start. And Matt was like, he's like, it's too hard. He's like, look at, he's like, look at Larry Hamilton. Like that guy can't even balance on. He's like, how the fuck are you gonna do it? <laughs> I said that. He said that to me. I was like, fuck you. And then, and then, um, because you couldn't even. So I was like, I had like us this whole program. I was like, all right, I'm gonna foil kite first and learn how to do that. And then the next year, I'll. By then, there was actually equipment that was available. So I got the. Um, and I have a slingshot hookup, so I got the slingshot um, Skywalker, like oh, 510 board. Oh, oh, I remember that, that board. Man, it weighed like 20 Jeez pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was so heavy. And then I got the uh, the Infinity Foil, which was yeah. like a um, bat wing. It's a, it kind of, it's not like the one that Matt has. It's, uh, it's similar, same colors, but it, it was more of a regular looking, uh, like low aspect. Fun fact, they still sell that. Really? They yeah. still sell yeah, it. They're always cutting price on. Does anyone buy it? No, actually, I still have mine because I'm learning. I'm, I'm like one session into wing ding, oh, and yeah. that's my my starter. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it, that's all another. So that might be wrong. Yeah. So anyway, I bought that, and I had that set up. That set up weighed like I'm not exaggerating. It weighed like thirty pounds. It was so heavy. Yeah. Like I couldn't. If I put it on my shoulder, I had to like put my hood over like this to rest it on because it would like kink my shoulder. Yeah. Um. And I was like, I remember being terrified putting it together in the parking. Like, I'm like, I don't know what, even know what to do with this thing. And because there was no, there was like, at the time, there was no videos on YouTube. There yeah. was like a couple of videos of Kai Lenny. There was maybe one of him talking about it, but there was no information. This is 2019, so it's not that long ago. Yeah. And I went to um, Indian Beach, which is like, I was like, well, the waves always suck there, so it would be perfect. And uh, it took me, I dedicated a whole summer to just learn how to stand up and go straight. And I still could barely do that. I mean, I would, I would have sessions where I would go, I'd go two or three sessions in a row where I'd never really got a glide, where I would like come up on foil and then tank, come up yeah. on foil and tank. Do you have anybody with you? No. See, that's, well, that much there's respect. Nobody, there's no, much respect. there's nobody. For two summers, it was like that for you. Though. Three summers. Three. Oh, <laughs> there was nobody. So I was like, I was never like that for us. So then, can't get rid of each other. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you tried too. <laughs> can't shake this guy. <laughs> but so I did that 2019. I hit it hard. And I think by the end of that summer, I came here. Um, I remember getting one or two rides in the inlet, but you guys weren't even surfing the inlet inlet yet. It was kind yeah. of just, just off the barrel. 
Um, I got a few glasses, but it was like, I went that whole summer and I could, I remember going straight a few times and then just like not knowing what to do or not being able to do anything. And then that, that, so that was 2019. And then 2020, I was on the same set, same foil and board. And then Matt made me a board, which I'm still on. Yeah. Um, and that board helped for sure. Yeah. But I was still on the same foil. So that summer made some marginal improvements and I can start to turn and like do a, you know, do a little bit, but I'm all by myself. Yeah. So I would go to Indian beach. Sometimes we've got this really nice beach, um, sunset beach, um, which is North of seaside where you can just, you can drive on it. So you just pull on and I just drive and find a crumbler drive till I found yeah. one. And I was hitting that pretty hard. It's, I mean, it takes a lot of fortitude to go out there by yourself and paddle yes. out by yourself. And like some days, like the moment I would turn the foil over, I'd be like, it just feels fucking sharky today. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, all right, three waves. Make yourself get three waves. But then yeah. it's like you're chasing the peak back and forth. You got no one to line up on. Yeah. yeah. And every once in a while, there'd be a supper out there. And I'd be like quietly like parked near them. Hey, buddy. And then quietly like into my way over. Just have someone to line up with. Yeah. You know, to know where I'm at in the world. Um, so I did that for 2020. And then you and I went to um, Mexico in early 2021 and that was on that trip uh you guys were all in the nash foils the high aspects and that's yeah. when you first started on that that's when i first started yeah. and had a very rough time with it my problem was that first session i didn't put a fucking leash on uh, and i kept chasing my board and there's all this current and shit um so there's some boards like like that some board, board wanted to run from you yeah the, the, there's some board foil combinations that like want to go away from you yeah and, there, and like there's some like my, like my board right now I don't know, it was like a month or two ago. Like I was out, I was on the inlet and like my board like caught a wave and started riding away from me and I was like, Oh, you son of a bitch. And then, <laughs> and then like it like it, it the board like kicked out, like and turned like straight back, like back into the waves, like right back at me and I caught it and I was like, Good girl. Good girl. You're a good girl. Oh, what a good board. You're well, a good boy. That again, that's the way that slingshot infinity yeah. foil was. Because like I was I was pretty I was comfortable to surf without a leash in Oregon. Yeah. I, whenever, whenever there was people in the water, I would I would wear a leash uh, more for them than for me. Yeah. Um, but it would that one would actually circle and come back to you. It never got away from me. Yeah. But that Nash one, it would just fucking go. And um, so uh, that trip, I I had a rough couple of days to get going on it. But then we by the time we got to Squirps, it like it was starting to work mm -hmm. and I still couldn't turn it or pump, or pump it or anything. And this is, you know, going into year three yeah. of doing it. And then, so that was 2020. I made it through all of 2020 with no foil buddies. What? Wait a minute. We, so it's in 20, summer of 2022 was when I finally started yeah, having friends. Summer. It was yeah. last summer. Wow. Three summers. I had three, I had 2019, 2020, 2021, all by myself. And then 2022, um, started seeing a couple guys around. Nice. And this is, Matt's heard this story 20 times, but I'll tell it again anyway. It's hilarious. Yeah. So I was at Seaside. Uh, so Seaside is like legendary surf spot. The, um, the point at Seaside is it's the best way I've ever surfed in Oregon. It might be the best way I've ever surfed. It's like this perfect barreling left on the on these cobble rocks, um, <clears throat> but then there's like this nice cove that gets really good too, and um, 
but it's legendary for the localism's pretty hard. It's nice. a pretty, it's a tough yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those guys do a really good job of enforcing that spot. Like it'll be going off, and there's ten guys out. Is 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 that like one of these spots where like there's like a very small like I don't know like two hundred yard wide surf spot, and like that is it for like miles. So um, like it can be harshly regulated like that. Well, it can be harshly regulated because. There's nowhere to hide out there. Okay. Because it's a point break. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one takeoff spot. And you have to walk out a pretty good ways to get there or paddle out a long ways to get there. And on good days, they'll have someone standing at the trail. Like, man, what the fuck are you doing here? You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, they'll smash your, uh, they'll wax your windows, they'll slash your tires. Uh, But even if you slip out there, like, I've surfed exactly twice. And... Both times I was in the cove, which is kind of like, it can be really good too, but it can also be um, quite mediocre compared to the point. So I'm surfing the cove and it's like, whatever. And you, you look at the point, like, there's only three guys out there and it's going off. So sneak out and paddle out. And um, they do a really good job of making it very uncomfortable, even if, yeah. you know, they're not doing anything actively, physically violent to you. Yeah. So anyway, I've been foiling... When it's small, the cove is amazing foiling because uh, there's like it's it's broken up with several peaks and there's like there's, there's lots of room. It's a giant playground. Nice. Um, but what I'll do is I'll park way down the beach and then walk up towards the cove as because I don't want to park right there and have them see me putting that shit together. Yeah. You know. So anyway, I was surfing there and um, I saw this guy foiling and. I was like, oh, I gotta make sure he sees me foiling. Yeah. So we can like see each other. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty fucking obvious, you know? Yes, exactly. But we're still, we're pretty like, you know, 100 yards away from each other. So he comes kind of near me and I tried to like show my foil. I'm like, what do I, how do I do this and play it cool, whatever? <laughs> play it cool. Flash a little bit of that ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So then I got a long wave towards him and then kicked out. And I was kind of paddling back out and I got back out. And I turn around and he catches a wave and he comes. He just fucking kicks out and he's just beelining towards me paddling. And I was like, well, this is going to go one of two ways. This guy's going to be like, fuck you, dude. This is my town. You need to get the fuck out of here. You yeah. haven't earned the right to foil here. Or we're going to be best friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he paddles up to me and just starts smiling and laughing. And he's like, he's like, dude, I've been waiting for you for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. And it was so cool. So then it was so funny. I was telling Matt about the next day. And Matt's like laughing. And then he's like. What's his name? What does he do? <laughs> does he come from a nice family? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so his name's Ryan. So Ryan and I, we we surf out there pretty right. Or when he's in, he doesn't live in town. He lives uh, somewhere else. But when he's around, we we hook up and and, nice. and ride together. And there's a, in Seaside. There's also a couple suppers that are kind of dangerous. They're not on the advanced track. Yeah, but they're they're getting there. Yeah, they're getting there, and then in Pacific City, which is a, um, another spot down further south, there's two guys that are there pretty regularly that I've connected with. Nice. And uh, so we got a little crew going. We don't. We definitely don't have what you guys have, but I can you know text those guys and try yeah. to meet up. We got something. 
yeah. It's pretty rare that our text thread gets even off of that screen, like your top few threads. Yes, that. yes. It has, it's to always flat, it has to be flat for like a week. It's going to be flat for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Sometimes I'm like, thank God. So much chatter. I you, sir, have like really like put the kibosh. On some new additions to the text chain. <laughs> God, thank you, Delonte. No, I mean, no more people. You can't fix fucking some stuff, man. Bad enough with Nick and Chris on there. <laughs> and then Christian's like cryptic one word replies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that even mean? What are you Is talking? Is that a typo? Like, it's from, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I was the first spoiler here for a hot minute. I was like by myself for a little over a year. It fucking was hard. That was hard. It's hard. It's like hard mentally. Like, is it me or is it the conditions or is it my gear? So, Matt, when you started foiling here, that's when foiling started for me. Well, you know what's crazy though? Because when I started foiling, Kai was already pumping around. Was he? Yeah. Because the first time I ever saw Kai what a time to be alive. as a human. I walked over to the dude at the pier and I saw him trying to pump. He was pumping back out. And yeah. I still had the white rail. Wow. So, I only, I only rode that thing for a few months. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. The white rail. It's he, still out he there. He's just totally alone. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, I, well, I feel like my when I got on the lift, uh, so I got the lift V2 Surf 150. Yeah. When I got on that fall of 2021, I feel like that's when I, my career started. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, this yeah, is how it's and you to be. finally got it placed right too, because your your weight distribution was off. Yeah. Like when you tried to pump, I was like, you're never gonna get to pump with your weight like that. Right. He he, he had way too much back foot mm. weight somehow. Yeah. Because like, that's why I kept telling him, like, just slam that thing forward, slam it forward. And then now the ways I saw you get the other day. Yeah. Around, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you got it. Well, then even the the 150, I couldn't pump it very well. Except my problem in Oregon is like you just get these fucking epic rides like down the line. Yeah. And then you try to kick out and pump like I'm done. Like I can't. But then but then I got the and then I got the 170, high aspect, and I was like, oh, now I can pump. Yeah. That made all the difference. I mean, so I don't know. This is something that I feel like like in Maine that I notice a lot. On that longer period, deep water energy, like the front of the wave is more power. So like you mm -hmm. drop in and like you're going so fast, you're like kind of like scrubbing speed. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to transition from that mentality to like kicking out the back and pumping. Right. And like, I need speed now. Yeah. I need speed now. What's going on? Right, right. And, and so that transition's hard. And it almost always felt, felt to me like the front, like the face of the wave yeah. had more power and the backs of the wave had more negative power. Uh, so like I'd kick off the back and like, it felt like, it felt like something was like. Like trying to pull you backwards. Pull, pull me back. I never it thought like that. the back of the wave had negative power. Yeah, um, that makes know, sense. You really like interrupt me and like yeah, that used to be down. really yeah. hard. Remember? Yeah, kicking yeah. out a wave used to be hard. Well, 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 well and, but but you and I had that trip to Jacksonville last year, and that yeah. was like a lot of the, like a really similar feeling. Yeah, right. Like like it was pretty long interval, small but long interval. And we like kick out the back, and pumping was hard, way harder there than here. Yeah, for some weird reason, and like we were like 
what is it? Is called it called the this... Pump Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It was a weird thing. That's but weird. Yeah. Well, there was a day, um, probably might have been the last time I foiled in Oregon this fall. So a guy, Rob Russo, that I met up with, um, who's a you know legendary shaper in Oregon for decades, and he's led he's led the brigade um, in like Lincoln City area. He's like shaping boards and stuff. His boards look really tight, yeah. and um, he's a good good foiler. And uh, we were surfing the Cove at Pacific City, and it was a totally like, mushy, crumbly wave. But it was like a high interval swell, and like you really had to you you had to pick the smaller ones for mm -hmm. sure. And he and I both were like falling constantly. And I was like, what's wrong? He's like, I don't know. We're like, we were both, he's like, I moved my foot, my mast a little bit, but I didn't move it that much. And it was like, we both just kept, it was, I think we were just both overcooked yeah. and yeah. just kind of kept breaching and just couldn't keep the nose down or something. But I think there's something, there's something to it, you know, in that, that higher energy that it's just a completely different beast. It really well, yeah, is. I mean, just mathematically, it's moving through the water faster. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and, and just like I don't know, like understanding it, like like what's happening inside a wave that we're riding on the foil is like molecules of water are moving up, and then they move down. Well, but at some point they start moving laterally too. Yeah, as they draw shallow. Yes. So we're in that zone where it's no longer just up and down. It's complicated. Some in and out, mate. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it up because you got to get moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I want to know two things. How are you overall? How does foiling fit in your overall psyche of um being who you are in your relationship to being a surfer, etc. And also um, some advice you would give to um, new people um, to foiling. So where it fits in my psyche is, um, I mean. I still think about it constantly, always chasing like the next session, next drip, the next drip, endorphin drip, for sure. And it feels like this magic thing that you have that I don't know. I just want to like be like outwardly and like share it with everybody. And I'm constantly trying to, what do you call it, evangelize people. Yeah, surfing. I, I never had that feeling. Surfing. Never. Even ever. when I was. My first week of surfing. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you're still at a point where, like, 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 if ten people around you yeah. at your break started foiling, it would it would it would be a beneficial thing in your Transformational, life. Transformational. It would sure. be, it'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Like there's this one day um, I was meeting up with my buddy. I was going out to surf uh, sea to foil seaside. And my buddy Jake, who's a really good surfer, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to seaside too." I'm like, "Waves gonna suck." I was like, "Whatever." I was like, "Maybe I'll see you out there." And then I ended up running into him in the water a little bit. He was like on a long board and I was boiling. And um, we didn't, we didn't, we were far enough away from each other. We didn't talk. But then we were texting later that day. And he was like, dude, he was like, you were fucking killing it out there. You're going so fast. He's like, is that what you do? I'm like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like crappy waves. Like, yeah. I was like, I got the best waves out there, right? He was like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And he started asking questions. Like, so, and I'm like, Sounds like someone's a little foil curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I got too much stuff going on, but like, whatever. So like, I love that part of it. Yeah. And like, I love just being able to like be unskunkable. Yeah. You know, but I, I got to, I went to Mexico in uh, December, um, which I knew was mostly a surf trip, 
but I brought my foil shit. I actually ended up having better foiling than surfing, but that actually not getting to surf like proper waves made me hungry to surf again. Yeah. And I felt good to have that that hunger kind of come back. Like, oh yeah, Drew still likes to catch good waves too. Um, yeah. You know. So. Yeah. And then advice to people that are starting is just do it, but like get the right equipment, ask the right questions and yeah, call, 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 <laughs> well, call me to like know when to go in Oregon. Yeah. And I will, I'm usually up on all the current trend, Nick trends via Matt. Yeah. So I know <laughs> what your setup should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Put your ego aside, be prepared to suck, and and then really listen to what people will say because like compared to surfing, people actually will talk to you. Yeah. Want want you to be better and happier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's and, pretty fresh. And and there's people now, so it's easier. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know, like when when like when we learned, there was nobody. There's nobody. And it was hard, and it was still worth it. It was so great. And we're talking yeah. about like it was 20 years ago, but it was like it just happened. It just happened. Yeah, like you even. It, if you had a shop in your town that sold the gear, you go in there and talk to him, like you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like you just happen to have a an account with this company that makes all this kite gear, so you get the, the foils in here. But no one knows it. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I will say that there's a couple people that are potential recruits for the crew that are all coming from my kiting friends. Yeah. Who don't serve. Like they maybe like ride a foamy or something, but they don't serve. But they're asking the right questions. Yeah, it's not impossible. It's no. just like, um, yeah. Who do we have? We don't have. We don't have anyone that successfully started prone foiling that doesn't serve. We have a couple that try. Who? Matt. Matt's, Matt. Matt serves. Does he serve? He serves. He okay. can serve. Sorry, Matt. No. <laughs> that was Nick apologizing. That man. He knows where he stands. <laughs> You can ride a surfboard. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Don't beat me up. <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't say that to stand Fuck. Um, I can edit it too. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck yourself. You fucking fuck. Okay. I'm yeah. The power to edit. No. So there's some guys I've seen try. Yep. I, mean, I couldn't imagine if you can't if you can't surf if you if you can't ride a longboard there's no fucking way you can learn to foil. I just can't. I mean, maybe you can't do it from wingdinging. Because there's yeah. wingdingers who don't do anything. Okay, so here's someone I think could maybe do it. That guy, Jeff, who foils a lot now, he's kind of with us forever. He lives on Folly, yeah. drives a black truck. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he doesn't serve. Yeah. But he's like good enough on a strapless board. Yeah. I bet. I bet he could. He could figure out a wingding. And he's been foiling a lot. Yeah. But like yeah. just having the, like the wave knowledge, the ocean knowledge, it's like I think for foiling that your knowledge can be more rudimentary than surfing. Yeah. And I will say too, that like foiling too much, it fucks up the way I look at waves. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it takes a while to flip that switch. Cause like you're on a surfboard and the waves coming in like, oh, it's way too steep. Like actually it's not steep enough. Yeah. 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 And you have to remember that you can do this. Yeah. You can yes. take off when. Yes. Yeah. But I think the more you go back and forth, the more that becomes easy. Yeah. Um, Word. Word. Thanks for coming, dude. Sure. Wasn't that bad? Wasn't that bad? It was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We did good. It was a fun little podcast. Um, 
And it's fucking right in an hour. Look at that. Wow. Perfecto. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so 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 we'll edit out all my bullshit. And it'll come down in twenty minutes. We're gonna fuck There we go. Oh fuck, we weren't recording. Just kidding. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone.